Hello and welcome back to Major League Talk Giants edition. Today is Thursday, May 11th, 2023. My name is Henry Self and this is episode 13. Today we're going to be going over the series against the Washington Nationals. It's a rough one. All right, so this is our 12th series of the year. Closing out another homestand against a Washington Nationals team that is struggling to start the year as well as we are. Game one included such a confounding fluke of a first inning for Dave Sclafani that I had to wonder if the rest of the squad was affected psychologically and just remained in a funk. Dave Sclafani and the Giants gave up five runs on seven hits in the first inning. One inning. The offense was shut down and the Giants lost five to one. Game two was the City Connect night and featured a debut by Casey Schmidt, who did not disappoint. He delivered life and spark, hitting a home run for his first major league hit in his second at-bat. Schmidt and Webb propelled the Giants to a 4-1 win. Game three was simply a travesty. Manaya gave up eight runs, only four of which were earned uh, through two and two-thirds innings. When the Giants didn't start really showing life offensively until the late innings, dropping game three, 11 to six in the series, two games to one. The starting pitchers for each game were Irvin versus DeSclefani, Corbin versus Webb, and then Gray versus Manaya. So for game one, like I said, our starter was DeSclefani, who had a very uncharacteristic first inning. Uh, impressively or strangely, however you really want to look at it, he threw six shutout innings after. Uh, in the first inning, he faced all nine batters of the Nationals, giving up seven hits, five runs, struck out one. Over the next six innings, three hits, one walk, two strikeouts. Desclafani's final line was seven innings pitched, ten hits, five earned runs, one walk, and three strikeouts. For our own lineup, <clears throat> you had Wade Jr. at first, who went on one for three with a strikeout. Estrada at short, who went one for four with a strikeout. Peterson DHing, he went one for three with a home run uh, and a walk. Davis was over at third. He went one for three with a strikeout and a walk. Conforto was in right. He went 0 for 3 with a walk. Hanniger was in left, 0 for 4 with a strikeout. Sable catching 0 for 3 with a strikeout. Wisely at second, and then he moved over to center. Uh, he went 2 for 3. And then Stevenson started in center. Uh, he went 0 for 2 with a strikeout. And then Flores would pinch hit for him and then play second base, which is what forced Wisely over to center. And Flores went 0 for 1. Um, totals for the offense six hits and 29 at bats six strikeouts uh three walks and then the one run off the peterson home run uh beck would come out to pitch the final two innings giving up one hit and no runs striking out one uh the offense overall left five on base with eight zero for eight uh, with runners in scoring position grounded into four double plays peterson conforto davis and estrada Wisely would hit a double, and the defense turned one double play of their own. <clears throat> and Conforto earned an assist. So looking at the pitcher report, Desclafani, like I said, very, very weird first inning. Seven hits, five runs, but then shut down all the way through the seventh. He pitched 92 total pitches uh, in this game. Um, 44 sliders, 25 sinkers, 13 changeups, nine four-seam fastballs, and a knuckle curve. Uh, 85.8 on those changeups, 93 on the four seamers, 92.9 on those sinkers, uh, 86.9 for the sliders. Um, sliders mainly just had 
drop, not a lot of break either way, at least according to the center line on here. Um, the changeups, fastballs, and sinkers were all tailing more toward a right-handed batter. Same release point. And as far as his spray across the strike zone, there's not really a tendency to go one way or the other. It's just all kind of starts out wide, kind of comes down, and then just stays there. Um, <clears throat> he threw 45 pitches in the strike zone, uh, 47 outside of the strike zone. Uh, they would swing at 47 of, 47 of his pitches and take 45 uh, they only swung on three of his four-steam fastballs. Uh, as far as the rest of it, they took or they swung at more of his sinkers than they took. Um, looks like maybe 50-50 on the change-ups and on the sliders. 27 balls, 22 strikes. 17 of those strikes were called. Five of them were swinging. Uh, fun fact... The one of those swinging strikes was on that knuckle curve. 43 of his pitches were hit in some way. He got 16 foul tips, 18 hits for outs, nine base hits. Now, those nine base hits, um, two were sliders, one was a changeup, and the rest were sinkers. 13 hard hit balls. He had one fly ball. Five line drives and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven grounders. Uh, and, and I went back and, and rewatched the first inning. And honestly, like so many of those hits were, so like I said, seven hits in the first inning. And I think maybe one or two of them blooped into the outfield. Most of them were just finding holes. They were finding the holes really well. Um, but like I said, uh, Dave Scalfani made the adjustment after that first inning. Uh, unfortunately, the offense could not answer and get any of those runs back. Um, calling balls and strikes was Emil Jimenez. His overall accuracy on here is only 84%. Overall consistency, 87%. And oddly enough, his overall favorite says it was plus 1.56 runs for the Giants. Plus 1.56 runs for the Giants, and we only scored one run. Uh, going over the impactful missed calls, number one was bottom of the fourth, Irvin to Peterson, no outs, runner on first, 3-2 count, strike, call to ball. Okay. Second one, bottom of the eighth, Edwards Jr. to Flores, zero outs, runner on second, 3-1 count, ball is called a strike. Bottom of the second, Irvin to Davis, no outs, bases empty, a 3-1 count. Uh, strike is called a ball. So two times on impactful missed calls where a giant got on base because a strike was called a ball. And looking at these two locations, yeah, they're, they're strikes. One is like halfway in the zone. The other one's clipping the zone. Um, his called ball accuracy was 92%. So six of 79 called balls were true strikes. Uh, and his called strike accuracy. This is, this is pretty terrible. Honestly, like this is worse than the first game in the Mexico city series where remember that one was like 78%, 74, 78. This one was 70%, 
13 of 43 called strikes for true balls. That's I don't I don't know how you manage that. Uh, like I said, I, I didn't watch the entire game, so I didn't really see or get aggravated, but 70%. That's terrible. Um, but oh well, we lost the game. Game two, we had Webb, and he turned in a quality start, not giving up a run until the sixth inning. Uh, his final line was seven innings pitched, nine hits, one earned run, one walk, and seven strikeouts. Still looking for Webb to turn in a scoreless start. Uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, would like to see those hits kind of come down, but um, with the man on the shift and him being a uh, high percentage ground ball pitcher, not entirely unexpected. Uh, for our lineup, uh, Slater was in left. He went one for three. Um Scored once, he would come out, be replaced by Conforto, who'd come in to pinch hit and then play right field. Uh, Conforto would go 0 for 1 with a walk. Estrada was a second. He went 1 for 5 uh, with a strikeout, but he scored twice. Um, Hanniger was in right and then would move to left. He went 2 for 4 uh, with a strikeout and a walk. Uh, two RBIs. Davis was playing third, 1 for 4 uh, with an RBI. Flores... First base, 0 for 3 with a walk. Wade Jr. would come into pinch run for him and then play first base. Um, VR DHing, 1 for 3. Um, Peterson would come into pinch hit and then also play DH. He went 0 for 1 with a strikeout. And then the fun story, Schmidt at short. He went 2 for 4 in his debut with only one strikeout and a home run. Uh, and then Bart was catching. He went 1 for 4 with a strikeout wisely. Center field, one for three with a walk. Totals, 10 hits and 35 at-bats, only five strikeouts, three walks, and the one home run, good for four runs. <clears throat> so improvement, you know. Uh, Tyler Rogers would come out for the eighth, um, walking one, giving up a hit, uh, but no runs. Duvall would pitch the ninth, defending a three-run lead. Uh, he'd get two strikeouts and a ground out. The offense would end up leaving 10 on base. Went two for 12 with runners in scoring position. Hanniger hit a double. Davis earned a two-out RBI. Estrada stole a base. Uh, the defense turned one double play, and Davis earned an error throwing. Um, looking at Logan Webb's pitcher report, 105 pitches in his seven-inning show. A uh, lot of change-ups, 50 Change-ups, 35 sinkers, 13 sliders, and 7 four-seamers. 88.1 on those change-ups, 93.4 on his four-seamers, 92.9 on the sinkers, and 85.3 on the sliders. Uh, As far as movement, obviously the four-seamers stayed up and looked like they were tailing in to a righty. The sliders were tailing out, and then the changeups and sinkers tailing in as well. Uh, and it looked like his changeups and his sliders had about the same amount of drop <clears throat> on average. As far as his strike zone, uh, at least for this game, it doesn't look like there's too much like too wild on either side. Like it's got this weird, almost like triangle kind of shape. Where there's a few that are high, and then they book like 
come down and kind of go out and into a righty. So that's a little interesting to see there. He threw 56 pitches in the strike zone, uh, threw 49 out of the zone. Uh, batters would swing at 59 of his pitches and would take 46. They swung mostly at his changeups, and they mainly took sinkers. Um, sliders, about 50-50, and four-seamers, roughly 50-50. 23 balls, uh, 36 strikes, 22 called, 14 swinging. Um, and then 46 of his pitches were hit in some way. He got 24 foul tips, 13 hits for outs, and nine base hits. So those base hits, uh, you had five change-ups, one slider, and three sinkers. <clears throat> 11 hard-hit balls, uh, three of those were line drives, and the rest were ground balls. And of those hard-hit ground balls, uh, you had six change-ups, and two sinkers. All right. Calling the balls and strikes was Chris Chris Siegel. Uh, overall accuracy, 92%. Overall consistency, 93%. Overall favor, plus 0.29 runs for San Francisco. Of his impactful missed calls, top of the fourth web to call. No outs, runner on first, 0-2 count. A strike is called a ball. Number two, bottom of the eighth, Harris to Wisely. One out, runner on first. Two one count, strike is called a ball. And then bottom of the seventh, Thompson to Flores. Two outs, runner on first. Two oh count, strike is called a ball. Called ball accuracy, he was 94%. Five of 84 called balls or two strikes. And his called strike accuracy, 88%. Six of 50 called strikes for true balls. It's amazing how you can have an 18 percentage point difference in two home play dumps. Uh, game three, fans had to grit through another Manaya start, which seems to happen more often than not. We're not really... I've read a lot of the Reddit and Twitter comments. Um, people are definitely not happy about Manaya's starts. Uh, I can tell you that Manaya most likely is also not happy about his starts. He was very, uh, very blunt and just straightforward about uh, his start when he was asked questions in post-game interviews. Just said that his stuff wasn't there. It sucked, basically. Um, overall, his command and execution were lacking. The official scorer only credited him with four earned runs due to a Davis error. His final line was only two and two-thirds innings pitched, five hits, three walks, eight runs, four of those earned, four strikeouts, one home run. Um, real quickly, let's go over the lineup for the Giants. We had Wade Jr. at first. He went one for four uh, with a home run, three RBIs, and a walk. Peterson was DHing uh, one for four with a run and a walk. Davis at third, one for three with a run, two walks, and a strikeout. Conforto right field, one for four with a home run, two RBIs. Sable in left, one for four with a strikeout and an RBI. Slater in center, 0 for two. 
he would get taken out because of a hamstring issue. He said it tightened uh, when he was running to first. It should have been an RBI single, but because of the hamstring injury, slowed up on the base path, obviously got thrown out. Um, he was replaced by VR, who had played second, 0 for 1 with a strikeout and a walk. Wisely was at second and then would move to center field. Uh, he went one for four. Schmidt, another two for four day for Schmidt with two runs. Bart catching had a rough day, 0 for four with a strikeout. Total of eight hits and 34 at bats with only four strikeouts. So, progress. That's, that's one of the lowest we've had all year. Five walks, six runs. Um, Tristan Beck would come in to relieve Manaya in the third for the last out uh, and then pitch through the eighth. Uh, he seems like he may be able to be a dependable middle innings reliever. He's Some of his release there do go for quite a few innings, uh, especially when he's coming up behind Manaya. His final line was five and a third innings pitched, six hits, uh, two earned runs, one walk, three strikeouts, and one home run. Waits would pitch the final inning, giving up a hit. An earned run, a walk, and striking out one. Our offense left six on base. Went two for eight with runners in scoring position. Peterson and Schmidt hit doubles. As for defense, uh, Davis earned his second error in two games. Fielding this time, Conforto earned an assist. So this is another one I had to go back and watch because I was at work when the game was happening. And the the first four runs that Manaya gave up were 100% his fault. And when you – it went from one nothing to 4 nothing because of a two-out, two-strike, three-run home run. And the guy who hit it, I think his name was Adams, it was his first home run of the year. So that hurts. And then the next inning – the next four runs, I went back and rewatched it. Davis mishandled a ball, fielding it, tried to get over to first. Uh, and then they challenged the call. It didn't get overturned. It was too close to call, honestly. And besides, ties normally go to the runners anyway. So now you got runners on first and second. All the four runs that scored after that uh, were considered unearned. Um so it is what it is. Manaya's pitching report in two and two thirds innings, this man threw 74 pitches, 27 sliders, 24 four seam fastballs, 22 changeups, and one sinker just out of nowhere. Um, 85.6 on the changeups, 92, almost 93 on the four seamers. 81.8 on the sliders. Uh, sliders have a lot of drop. And then the four seamers and change-ups tail out from a righty, typically, based on this uh, center line here. Almost a six-foot release point. Uh, strike zone starts up and away from a righty, coming kind of down and into a righty. Um he threw 39 pitches in the strike zone, 35 out of the zone. Batters should swing at 37 of his pitches and take 37. And it looks like they would swing more at the four seamers, take more of the changeups, and about 50-50 on those sliders. 
He threw 24 balls, 18 strikes, 13 called fifth or five of those swinging. The swing and strikes were three sliders and two four seamers. 32 pitches were contacted with in some shape or fashion. 22 foul tips, four hits for outs, six base hits. Four hard hits, a grounder and line drive, and two fly balls. And then calling balls and strikes was Brian Onora. 93% overall accuracy, 92% overall consistency, overall favor, plus 0.2 runs for San Francisco. So all three games, the umps showed some favor to the Giants, and we lost to a three. That's, wow. Uh, impactful missed calls, top of the third, Manaida Manessas, one out, bases empty, a 3-2 count, strike, it's called a ball. Top of the third, Manaida Garcia, no outs, bases empty, a 2-2 count, Ball is called a strike. Bottom of the seventh, Gray to Schmidt, zero outs, runner on first, 0 2 count, a strike is called a ball. His called ball accuracy was 97%, three of 98 called balls are true strikes. And his called strike accuracy, 85%, seven of 48 called strikes are true balls. So there you have it. Game one, five to one Nationals. Game two, four to one Giants. Game three, 11 to six Nationals. Um, not, this is not the series to really have a, a weird fluke first inning from Desclafani and then have Manaya kind of collapse in on himself there for a little bit. But, oh well. The series moves the Giants to 16 and 20 overall, 10 and 10 in home games. The Giants are currently 5 and 5 over the last 10 and six games back of the 23 and 15 Dodgers. Arizona sits in second place at 20 and 17 with the Padres in third at 19 and 18. Colorado is starting to catch up as well. They sit at 16 and 22, only one game back of the Giants. The next few series are not about to be easy either. The Giants have four against the Diamondbacks. They host Philly for three and then Miami for three. The Giants have lost series to four teams, which many expect to not even be contenders this year. The Tigers, who are 17 and 19, the Royals, who are 11 and 27, the Marlins at 19 and 19, and now the Nationals at 16 and 21. These are all at the time of recording. The four of which are combined a 63 and 86. It's a 423 percentage. What makes the loss to the Nationals even more aggravating, aside from the fashion in which they lost, is how the Giants were coming off of series wins against the Astros and Brewers. The Giants only have winning records against the White Sox, who are 13 and 25, the Cardinals, who are also 13 and 25, the Astros, who are 19 and 18, and the Brewers, who are 20 and 17, the four of which are 65 and 85 for a 433 winning percentage. The White Sox and Cardinals are having really bad starts to their season and seem to be having identity crises. The Brewers and Astros are going through struggles while we played them and will eventually figure their season out, most likely. The only real positive notes for this series that I can really see uh, will start with Casey Schmidt. He made his major league debut. It's really cool to see someone coming from the farm system and having a really good two-game start like this. Um, first major league hit is a home run. He ended up going four for eight in the two games that he played. 
Um, so we look forward to seeing him in more games as the Giants continue on, and hopefully he can uh, still maintain a pretty decent hitting streak. Um, but no, no pressure there on the kid. Uh, and then the fact the Giants offense stayed in single digits with regard to strikeouts through the three games and all three games, just six, five, and four uh, for a total of 15 strikeouts between all three games. So that was nice to see. Now, whether that's the fact that they were able to at least hit, put the ball in play and make the defense work, or if the Nationals pitchers just were not as good at getting those strikeouts, that remains to be seen. If the trend continues where we start staying in single digits, I'm going to put it on our Giants offense. If they start going back up to double digits against some of these other teams, I'm going to say it was the Nationals pitchers. Um, and then also, I like seeing that Logan Webb's earned runs per game are consistently going down. Runs given up per game is consistently going down. It was like four, 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 two, two, one, something like that. So those are going down. He's giving quality starts now. Um, just waiting on that uh, shutout start. Uh, it'd be really cool to see him go a full nine shutty at some point this season. Um, <clears throat> however, the lack of offensive production was disheartening. The most life was shown in the late innings of the final game. Uh, too little, too late. We'll see how the momentum shifts as the team travels to Arizona. For context for the next series, the Giants right now are on par with their Pythagorean win-loss record. And the Diamondbacks are also 5-5 five and five in their last 10, are one game better than their Pythagorean win-loss record. So real quick, before we end this episode, I did want to take a look at the uh, two pitchers that the Giants picked up in the offseason that they were kind of hoping to be part of the starting rotation. Uh, that would be Manaya and Stripling. Um, Manaya currently has a one and two record with six total starts. And over those six starts, uh, his innings pitched are six innings with one earned run, three and a third with two earned runs, three and two thirds with five earned runs, Two innings with four earned runs, five total. That was also Mexico City. And uh, just uh, five innings with three earned runs, four total. And then 2.2 innings, four earned, eight total. Uh, in these six starts, he's given up five home runs, walked 14, and struck out 28. Uh, Stripling is currently 0-2 with four starts. Over those four starts, his innings pitched are five with four earned runs, three and a third with two earned runs, three total, five with two earned runs, and five with five earned runs. He has given up five home runs, walked five, and struck out 12 in those starts. Another thing to really consider in the last start for Manaya and the last start for Stripling, Manaya walked uh, three, Stripling walked two, and both all five of those walks scored. Um, so let's just kind of take a look. Uh, we're going to start with Manaya, And I was looking over his baseball reference and baseball savant pages, looking at baseball savant one. The only thing that he's like top of the league in is his extension. He's in the 92nd percentile extension. But other than that, 
as uh, fastball velocities, 59th percentile, strikeout percentage, 60th percentile, walk percentage, 15th percentile, barrel, 1%, expected to slugging, 2%, expecting batting average, 9%, uh, hard hit, 21%. Um, these are just not where you really want a starting pitcher to be. Uh, and this season so far, his ERA has ballooned up to a 7.96 over 26 total innings pitched. Um, and, and looking back at his previous stats, you know, you look back, he started playing in 2016. He was with Oakland all the way up until last year where he played for the Padres for just the one year. His uh, He's got the most innings pitched throughout the first three seasons he played with Oakland. And then the last season he was with Oakland and 2022. And looking at those, just ignoring the two seasons that he had, like less than 55 innings pitched, he has 3.86 ERA, 4.37 ERA, 3.59 ERA, 3.91, 4.96. So, like, no sub three ERAs in there. Like, can't even get under 3.5. Um, his strikeout rates, though, let's see. 124 strikeouts for 144 innings pitched, 140 for 158, 108 for 160. The only time he had more strikeouts than innings pitched was in 21 in Oakland when he got 194 strikeouts through 179 and one-third innings pitched. He also gave up 179 hits in those 179 innings pitched, um, but did only walk 41. So his strikeout percentage, the highest it's been is a 27 and a half, but that was in 2019 when he only pitched 29.2 innings. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, his lowest walk rate, 3.6, but that was in 2020. And that was a shortened season, 54 innings pitched um, this year. He's up to a 12.8% walk rate, uh, but a 24.8% strikeout rate. So looking at all this and taking into consideration his previous years, I don't expect him to really come down. I'd like to see the ERA come down to less than five, but I don't expect it to drastically drop to like two something or even a three, three, one or three, two, I think a three, eight to a four, five was, will probably be a vast improvement as far as and an almost unrealistic improvement. I mean, like I said, look at his last year, four, nine, six, and then his really good year in 21, three, nine, one. Um, it's, it's the walk rate that needs to come down. This is the highest walk rate he's had. Again, this is only through six total starts, but 12.8% and your next highest is 8%. So we got to have that come down. So his command needs to be better. And I heard some of the uh, commentators talking about, you know, maybe the increase in velocity that he achieved is having somewhat of an effect on his, uh, his command. And if he can get that under control, if, like, you know, drop it down, drop the speed down a little bit, get that command back and then try and bring the speed back up again. 
but hey, I, I've never actually played baseball on a professional level, obviously. So, I mean, I could just be talking out of my ass. I probably just am, but I'm just repeating what I've heard from guys that have played and from people who are actually paid to talk about baseball. I'm not. Uh, and obviously the Giants felt that, you know, when they picked him up, that maybe they can do something to help this guy out. I mean, the, they have shown that they're pretty good at picking up some pitchers that may have had some off years, but have also shown some promise in certain areas and can get them to produce in the way that they need and want them to. Um, his expected batting average through all his years is never the lowest it's been was in a season. He only pitched 29.2 innings. Uh, everything else is decent batting averages. People are expected to hit against him at about a 240 to a, uh, 260 clip. So as long as we can get those strikeout numbers up and, you know, you can keep the ground on the ball and we can have our defense convert those ground balls to outs uh, and, and he can keep that walk rate low because that's what hurts. Every time it hurts more when a walk scores. Um, so we'll see if they make any adjustments uh, as far as our actual starting rotation. Webb, Descalfani, Cobb, they're going to be fixtures. Uh, and then Wood should be coming back. With Wood back, that leaves us four. So now we're looking to fill that fifth spot. And I already heard it said, and I've seen it written, if this was kind of like an audition for that fifth spot, Manaya failed miserably. Hey, let's be honest. It sucks, but you got to be honest. And this is very much a results-based job every job should be results-based but professional sports is one of the most results-based jobs that any i can even think of you do poorly most likely especially in baseball you're either going to get sent down or you're going to get traded or people just won't even pick up the contract next year and this is one of those contracts where I was kind of happy that it wasn't longer than two years because I remember watching him pitch for San Diego last year. And I was like, eh, not that great. And I'm pretty sure that even in the first episode where we went over uh, the offseason signings, I probably said, you know, let's try and be positive. Let's see what they can do with the guy. And we're watching in real time right now. And it's for a lot of Giants fans, I imagine it's pretty painful. Um, and According to StatCast and Baseball Savant, he relies on mainly four pitches, really mainly three, four seamers, sliders, and changeups. So, oh yeah, the barrel percentage is also pretty bad. 17.3% barrel rate on his pitches. This is the only year it's been double digits. Last year, it was 9.1, and the year before that, it was 8. So it's just increasing. The year before that, it was 7.1. So it's just increasing. It'll probably, who knows, maybe it'll go down, maybe it won't. And then we move on to Ross Stripling. Now, Ross Stripling, who also started in 2016, he's currently got a career war at 7.5 and a 3.88 career ERA. Um, he's 0-2 through four starts this season. And looking at baseball savant, the only thing he is top in, which I, 
if they could only choose one thing, this is one of the like three. 74 percentile for walk rate. Now his strikeout rate, 29 percentile. Uh, and then barrel percentage, 10th percentile. Expected slugging batting average, three and six respectively. Um, 6.66 ERA through seven games, four starts, 25.2 innings pitched. And again, looking back at his past, he he's not a lot of he doesn't pitch a lot of innings. Like his first year, a hundred. Next year, seventy four point one. Twenty eighteen was looks like his best year, one hundred twenty two. And then he doesn't get above one hundred twenty again until twenty twenty two, one hundred thirty four point one. His walks. The most walks he's given up in a year, 30. Uh, the least amount he's given up in a year uh, with substantial innings pitched. Uh, looks like... Twenty-two. Twenty. Between 30 and 20. Uh, strikeouts... Most in a year, 136 with 122 innings pitched. That was 2018. Like I said, that looks like it was his best year. Um, he only gave up 18 home runs that year. Uh, and then in 2021 with Toronto, he gave up 23 home runs. Over 101.1 innings pitched. Um, but looking more recently at last year, right? he was with Toronto last year, had a 10-4 record, 3.01 ERA. Started 24 games, went 134.1 innings pitched, um, gave up 117 hits, only 49 runs, uh, 45 of which were earned, and only 12 home runs, and only walked 20. And got 111 strikeouts. And this year, you want to compare it to this year, so far he's only pitched 25.2 innings, given up 32 hits, 20 runs, 19 of which are earned, and eight home runs. So comparing those two years, the year that he had with Toronto, the guy that we thought we might be getting, and this year, the guy we got. Um, And then looking at his walk rate this year, it's it's at a 6.1, but... He had a 3.7 walk rate last year. Uh, strikeout percentage, uh, not too far, not much different. 19.1 to 20.7 percentage. Um, it's the hard hit percentage that's gone up and the barrel rate that has also gone up. He is sitting at a 12.9% barrel rate currently. Uh, expected batting average 306 right now for him. That's uh, it's pretty bad. Um, the lowest expected batting average against that he's had is a 221. And so it looks like people are normally expected to hit about a 220 to 250 against him. Uh, right now he's sitting at 306. So, and his current expected ERA is a 7.21. Again, this is someone that the Giants obviously felt that they can do something with. I mean, like I said, when you see the numbers from last year, 10 and four record, 24 starts, only 12 home runs over 134 and a third innings. 
looks like he'd be a good addition to the lineup or excuse me to the rotation. Uh, he's a slider, four seamer, change up guy uh, mainly. Then you've got a curveball and a sinker and split finger on here that also have percentages. Um, and it says similar, like one thing I like about baseball savant, they say similar pitchers to Ross Stripling based on the velocity movement. 21, Chris Flexen, 22, Chris Flexen, 2020, Jordan Lyles, 2021, Tristan McKenzie, and 2023, Peyton Battenfield. But, and then he's, he's a 44.7% ground ball guy. And then after that, it's line drives. So, again, and I've said this plenty of times before, and I'm kind of getting tired of saying it. I'll probably stop saying it after the end of this month, but there's still a lot of baseball to be played. It's it's one of those situations where you hope they do come out of the funk. They do come out of whatever is holding them down, whatever's going on in that clubhouse, whatever's going on mentally, psychologically. Uh, we're still dealing with injuries again. Um, Yaz was still on the IL, uh, and, and now Slater with his hamstring tightness, uh, he was going to be evaluated. Uh, those are two guys we can't not have in the lineup as far as offense goes and their defense is good in the outfield. Um, and we need to get our young guys really going. We need to get wisely going. Sable's been good, but we need to get his, uh, airs as catcher down, um, now that Schmidt's up, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see them just give him more playing time, honestly. Let Crawford uh, mentor him, but give Schmidt the playing time uh, more often than not. Um, but crazier things have happened as far as how seasons can turn around. And we'll see if anything does click or snap into place. Uh, it would be really fun if it did. But we will see. Like I said, four against Arizona coming up in Arizona. The first game is today. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I honestly think it's going to be a fun series to watch. Uh, if for nothing other than Seeing some of these young guys actually get chances to play. Arizona's got some fast guys on the base paths, so it will be a challenge. Once again, thank you for listening. I truly appreciate it. If you have any comments, tips, pointers, corrections, just let me know. Uh, I truly appreciate any and all feedback that I would get. Um, again, all the sources for the information today, ESPN, Baseball Reference, Baseball Savant, Ump Scorecards, uh, The Athletic, Grant Brisby and Andrew Bagley, and then NBC Sports Bay Area, Alex Pavlovich. So everybody have a good weekend and enjoy the series against Arizona. And I will see you again on Monday. Peace.